Holy Spirit this morning. I just, I love it. We're going a little bit of old school today, heading back to the 80s. I hope y'all don't mind going back a little bit in time. Yeah, uh, this first song, what I want to do is introduce this first song. This first song came out of a uh, scripture, uh, First Chronicles here. Yeah, put up that scripture. Uh, First Chronicles 13.5. This song came out of this. It says that David and all of Israel played before the Lord with all their might and with singing and harps and psalteries and timbrels and cymbals and trumpets. And when I read that, I love to study this. I've been studying praise and worship for 35 years. And so I went in there and I said, what is playing before the Lord with all their might? So I went and looked at the Greek, the Hebrew word for celebrating in the ESV or played, played before the Lord. It's, it's a Hebrew word, sahak. Sahak means to play and laugh in pleasure as a child plays. To play and laugh in pleasure as a child plays. That's what David was doing before the Lord. And with all their might. Now the word all is a real intensive Hebrew word. It's real deep. It means all. <laughs> Every bit of it. And then might was o's. It, it means strength and praise, playing of instruments, dancing, or in any act. It, and the idea, when you put those two Hebrew words together, David played before the Lord with all his might so much that when they were finished, he, he had no more in him. That's the whole idea of that scripture. He had nothing left. You know, on the basketball court, you leave it all on the court. In, in a race, you leave it all on the track. In the football field, you leave it all on the field. In the boxing ring, you leave it all in the ring. Let's leave it all for, for Jesus. That's what this is talking about. All of our might. That's what it's talking about. So if you you think you're a, you're a parent, you're looking out your kitchen window at your children playing out there and laughing in pleasure, what does that do to you? You say, like Sarah, like his wife did, Sarah said, mm-mm-mm. No, you look at it, you, it blesses your heart, right? And I've often asked, how can I, as a simple human, bless the Lord, the most magnificent creator of all the universe? How can I, how can I bless him? That's how you bless him. He sees you playing around as a child in pleasure. And that blesses his heart. Let's go. All you men that uh, went to the EXO conference, you ready? Who should be doing it the most? The men in here, right? We should be leading the praise. Don't, I'm not going to let my wife, I'm not going to let her praise harder than me. No way. Go ahead, Pastor.
Hallelujah. Let's give him a shout of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.
joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The joy set before him was you. The joy set before him was removing death, hell, and the grave and giving you eternal life. The joy set before him was giving you his righteousness so you could be called a son and daughter of the Most High God. The joy set before him was purifying you so you could be a temple for his Holy Spirit. Jesus, we thank you for everything that you endured for us. May our lives be found.
we tend to think that it's just faster and easier if we just grab a hold of those things and and put those fires out ourselves and try to tuck things away and hide things and and he says nah you're just weighing yourself down just give them to me let me do what I what I can do which is just ease every burden and bring you peace but you just gotta rest you gotta be, you gotta believe that he can do that for you and he wants to do that for you we're not meant to carry all that stuff we're not even meant to go buy all that stuff <laughs> I'm just saying let him be like your Amazon how's that He'll bring it right to the house for you. You don't have to go out searching for it. Come on. So, Father, I hope you hear that this morning. I hope you, you hear the hearts in this room and the heartbeats. And I know you can see right in us. You know what we're, we're going through, what we're dealing with, Father. And we just, man, we just want to rest in your arms. We want to be like John and climb up in your lap and put our head on your chest. So, Father, just breathe that life into us this morning. Ease those burdens this morning. Just fill us up with your love. Father, saturate this place with your love. Let us feel so loved this morning. Come on, just minister to us this morning out of love, Father. that urge to continue to think about all the issues right now and just focus on his face focus on him focus on peace <laughs> father we love you we love you we love you we love you and I thank you that we get to do this that we can come together and worship you as a family lord we thank you that we can do this. And Father, we ask you to have your way right now in our hearts and our minds and everything we do. We hand it over to you, Lord. Take the backpack off our back. Take the rucksack off our back. Just take it all, Lord. Father, we just worship you this morning. And we thank you for everything you've done and everything you're still going to do. We just love you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody said amen. Amen. Come on. Yeah, just let that sink in this morning. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Woo! All right, let's... Uh, let, let's break this thing up a little bit and let's uh, take a little bit of moment to go out and get a, some coffee, use the restroom real quick. We're going to swap things around. Say hello to somebody you hadn't seen in a while and we'll be right back.
never change, no matter the time. You are good Every day gets sweeter. Every day gets better. 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 Every day gets Just when I thought you ran out of things to do, you keep on. Just when I thought you ran out of ways to move, you keep on. Oh, morning by morning, new mercies I see. Oh my God, morning by morning, new mercies. All righty, good morning, good morning, good morning. Y'all go ahead and come on in. We're going to have to start cutting down the time, you know, five-minute coffee breaks. 
<laughs> I just get it. All right. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to the gathering place. Uh, if you're watching online, welcome. We love you. Uh, we thank you for everything you guys do. Uh, so this morning, we're going to take a quick uh, five minutes, maybe, if that. Uh, and we're going to just, we just really want to honor our pastor, Pastor DJ, as his anniversary is coming up. Come on, y'all, give him a hand. It's his fourth year. Fourth year as a lead pastor. So if all the elders can come up here real quick. Uh, they just, um, you know, one of them wants to pray for you. We're not going to take too much time, uh, but we do want to honor our pastor because we love him. And we believe that it's important, especially as he's going out um, the rest of March to just take a break and to relax, but also be with the Lord and his wife and, and just see God. So we're excited about that. And we're going to miss him and we love him. All right. I'm going to pass this over to Brother Jim. Uh, we love you, Pastor DJ. There you go. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to do the prayer this morning. So, Pastor, if you and your wife want to come on up. I thank God for this opportunity to lift our pastor up. And um, it's an honor to be able to praise and just thank God for our pastor. So, let's go, go to God in prayer this morning. So, if you could stretch out your hands and uh, as we pray for our pastor this morning. Uh, let's go to God in prayer. Father, we come to your holy throne this morning, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray this prayer in the power of your Holy Spirit, Father. We just want to honor you first, Father. We thank you. We give you all the glory for this opportunity, Father. Lift our pastor up, Father. Thank you for the man that you put in this house, Father, over this house, Father. We just pray anointing over him, Father. More anointing over his family, Father. Right now, give him fresh revelation, Father, for your people, Father, the, for the, uh, this time, Father. We just pray that you're going to continue to bless him as they get ready to go, on, go away for a little while, Father, that you will bless him with this your word, just fill him up, Father, so he come back ready and just ready to serve your people and just to preach your word, and we just give you all the glory for our pastor, Father. Thank you for the years you've given him here, Father. Continue to bless his family, put a hedge of protection around him, Father, each one of the family members, Father. We know the, the enemy loves to attack the family, Father, and uh, our pastor, so we continuously pray for him, Father, that you put a, a protection around him, Father, and we just give you all the glory, all the praise for the opportunity to pray this morning. We surrender it to you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. All righty. Thank you all so much. Hey, we did get you a little basket, Pastor DJ, as you go on the road. We got you a little basket from a, a lot of the people around here, a lot of people that love you, your church family. So we love you. God bless you. Uh, and I just feel like, uh, real quick, I have one word from the Lord. I just feel like the best is yet to come. Uh, that's what I hear, my spirit. And I'm excited for Pastor DJ to continue on uh, his work in this ministry. We love you. Short and sweet, Kevin. I love you guys. Thank you, elders. Thank you, Kevin and staff. Uh, so you guys know uh, I specifically told them in staff meeting that we weren't going to do that. <laughs> now you guys know why I need a break. <laughs> so nobody listens to me. <laughs> But thank you for the prayers. We are excited. I love what God's doing. I love this family. Uh, I would rather do nothing but spend time with y'all. This is really weird why everybody went to the sides and nobody came in the middle. I put more chairs in the middle so y'all sit in the middle. Like, what is going on? This is going to be awkward today. I'm going to be running all over. You better hang on, Tammy. You on the cameras. I'm going to be going left and right because ain't nobody preached to here unless I walk all the way in the back. Oh, thank you guys. I appreciate it. I'm going to preach to these two right here. I got a word for you two 
this morning. It's like people are scared to come up front now. Once I started walking around, everybody's like, hang on. Like, like we're scared to sit in the middle because pastor's going to come up and like talk to us. Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Ben. Man, look at this. Getting excited now. Man. <laughs> well, come on. Uh, welcome to the gathering place. Uh, if this is your first time, it's always like this. I don't know. <laughs> we, look, we're a family. We have fun. We have a good time. Things are always different here. Uh, you never know what you're going to get in the house. And I love that because I don't want you to get familiar with everything. Because, man, you get caught up in that, man, and, and you just kind of go through routines then. And I don't want this to be a routine. I want this to be an experience, an encounter every single weekend. Um, so come in with that mindset that you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know what the sanctuary is going to look like. We were all pretty tired last night. You almost came into a bunch of tables. <laughs> we had an amazing XO conference, and, uh, and this place was a banquet hall. And uh, we kind of put it all back together. Uh, last night. So anyway, if you are new here, uh, welcome to The Gathering Place. I am DJ. That's my wife, Jules. And, and we love this. We love that we get to, to be part of this family. And, and we're so thankful for that. And yeah, it's been four years, which is mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Four years. Um, we've been attending for 13 years. And then uh, I retired from the military in 2014. Uh, and came on staff. So we were on staff then for, what, I don't know how many years. My math is horrible right now. And then, and then here we are in four years, been the senior pastor. And, you know, I say this every time we talk about this because it was spoken over us that we wouldn't last a year. I just want you guys to know that. Yeah, can you believe that? Someone would actually think that this wouldn't last a year and it's actually grown and got solid, just solidified. Everything is so powerful. So I, I think about that every time I think about Man, one more year, look at that. <laughs> look at that. Come on, that's good stuff. So uh, if you are new here, do me a favor. Uh, you can fill out a Connect card for us. You can either scan one. It'll be up on the screen. You can fill it out on the app. You can get one from Connection Point. Fill that out. Let us know you were here so we can reach out to you, so we can just love on you a little bit. We can pray for you, uh, answer any questions about who we are, what we are. Uh, can, we, can we get up for Chuck leading worship this morning? Come on. He came in and he was like, we're going back to the 80s. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay. And then it, it was confirmation because I saw some posts about 80s music this week. And that was getting me excited. So I was like, man, we're going to jam out to the, to the 80s. Uh, that was awesome. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I know the time and effort that goes into that. So awesome, brother. I appreciate y'all. And the whole worship team and production team. You guys are amazing. Come on. All right, let's see. Got a couple announcements for you. I'm really like, I'm just letting y'all know, like, I don't know where this is going this morning. So bear with me. But, but I do have some announcements I want to get through. So uh, kingdom classes, like uh, this morning we had our spiritual gift test. Jen taught the spiritual gifts this morning. Come on, who was in that? Like I saw, saw a lot of people in there. That's awesome. Uh, next week, Pastor Rick's going to be uh, teaching on where do I start, right? Come on, where, is that right? Where do I start? Come on, so be in there next week, 9 o'clock. 
uh, what, what the kingdom classes are, just stuff that it's good information. It's wonderful stuff. I'm probably not going to talk about it up here all the time. So you need to show up at those places and show up at nine o'clock on a Sunday and just dive right into some of this stuff. On the 12th, you got Brother James with your Holy Temple and Nutrition. So he's a, he's a personal trainer. So heads up. <laughs> He's, I'm going to teach you nutrition. You're probably going to do some burpees while you're in there. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but that's good stuff. So lots of good information. Be there. I'm excited. Today is rally day for our small groups. Come on. Who's excited about that? Look, we are. Look, we can't do life all together. I mean, I would love to do this just like all the time, but throughout the week, it's nice for us to gather in smaller groups so we get to do that. So today is rally day. So when you leave out of here right after service, go to the annex, which is attached to the building over here. Uh, go on in there and we have tables set up. You can talk to the small group leaders. You can go on the app. You can, you can look on the app. You can look on the website. You can sign up for groups. Get connected. Look, you can't do life alone. This is, you, you cannot just come in on a Sunday and leave and then expect to be part of the family and understand what's going on. You need people praying for you, people walking this out with you, people, you know, you holding people accountable, people holding you accountable. It's not just about you getting something. You're going to bring something to everything and then you can actually pour into other people. I mean, that's important. Important. So please, and we got all kinds of cool stuff going on. I believe, uh, I think one of our new ones, if, did you bring your stuff today, brother? Are you set up over there? Yes, I am about riding motorcycles. Come on, we got a motorcycle group. Come on. I mean, I was excited about that when you called me, man. That's, that's exciting. So you guys like to ride bikes? Let's, we got a group now going out to to rob, I, babe, can I get a bike? No, she said no. I didn't get it out of my mouth. I was like, I just want a bike. Anybody got one I can borrow? Anybody got an extra one? <laughs> Jim Paul's like, I got 30. How many you need? I got 30 of them. I can bring my four-wheeler, she said. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so go over there today. Don't forget that or sign up online. They're going to be kicking off in March. Um, it's just, it's awesome to just, I tell you, we start doing life together. It's really fun. You get to know people. You know, we've been doing this for a long time. And we had some people that sit behind each other for, you know, like five, six, seven years. And they got to meet each other this year um, uh, at one of the small groups. <laughs> when you sit behind somebody for five years, you should probably know them. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm just going to joke with y'all all the time about that. So. Some other important things, we have our Bread of Life coming up on March 4th, so that's next Saturday. Come on, we're feeding, yeah, come get excited once again, look, we, we're feeding, uh, this is Millbrook, so we go through the Millbrook Welcome Center, about 200 families, um, we're asking for volunteers to come out, we're going to feed them lunch, we need cookies baked, sign up on the women's uh, Facebook page, or you can, there's all kinds of information out there, so all the information's up there. We have an opportunity to serve the community again, like we always do. So we get to bless the community. We get to be part of that. We get, we get to make a difference. And this isn't just feeding them, y'all. It's praying for them. It's, it's loving on them. It, it's what we get to do. And, and I absolutely love it. So please put that on your calendars. Uh, Cassandra, she's heading that up. She's in the back. And uh, so please uh, don't forget about this one. It's going to be fun. And we get to love on people because that's what we get to do. It's good. All right, we're also on the 27th of March, so this is a heads up. Uh, not on the 27th of March, but we have a Man on Fire conference coming up. Uh, it's actually in April, April 27th through the 29th. 
uh, Man on Fire Conference. All the information's up there. They do have some special guest speakers, uh, uh, Brother Billingsley, uh, Billingsley, and then Brother Bo and myself, we're going to be speaking at this men's conference. Uh, the deadline for that is March 27th. So if you want to sign up, uh, the registration deadline is March 27th. Kevin will be talking about that uh, in the month to come. So this would be a, uh, I'm saying that specifically so you remember it, Kevin. You got it? All right. All right. Oh, this is a good opportunity for men to get away. It's going to be a uh, Thursday night, a all-day Friday, and a Saturday morning. So it, it, there's commitment in that. There's commitment in that because you're going to have to take some time off work. And you're going to have to pay. There's a, there's a, there is a fee for that when you register. Um, but you got to, man, you got to invest. You want, you, you want to get closer. You want to get better. It's going to cost something. So um, there's that information. Go online. Check it out. And then the last one, I don't know if it's going to be up there, worship night. Uh, we're going to have worship night on March 17th over at uh, Courts of Praise. So it's going to be Courts of Praise, March 17th, 6 to 7. Uh, we're excited about that. So we try to do a, a night of worship every single month where we just come in and worship. And uh, the month of March is going to be over in Courts of Praise. They're, we just love them. God, look, that's Brother Bo. And we all just do life together. So, and we just rotate every other month. So please put that on your calendar and get out there and let's, let's just do this together. All right. Father, I love you, and I thank you, Lord. And Father, I ask you this morning, just touch my heart. Move in me and through me, Lord. Let, let every word spoken be for somebody in here or somebody watching online, Lord, but let it all be you and none of me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Ah, all right. I'm a, little, I'm a little tired. I feel like it's been a busy, busy week. Um, we had, we had our XO conference uh, Friday night and Saturday, so we had married couples in here, and it, it was powerful, y'all. It was really, really good. Uh, opportunity to work on marriage, and opportunity, and here's the thing, we couldn't do that without everybody that helped, so can we give it up for everybody that served? Um, I'm telling you, we had students out here, your, your students, your kids actually came out to serve. And instead of spending a Saturday, a Friday night and a Saturday with their friends or doing whatever they want, they came out and actually served the conference and were serving married couples in here, making sure that they had everything they need. That's awesome. Um, that, that is really awesome. So we're very thankful for them. And then everybody else that helped set up and build things and go get things. And it was just good. So hats off to everybody who helped with that. That was fun. And, and we got a little something out of it. Whew. In fact, I'm thinking that's what we're going to talk about. Song of Songs. I think I heard something. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think we're going to have to hold off on that. I can see that's coming up, though. I probably don't want to go there right now. Um, if y'all missed that, I'm telling you. There's something about a belly button. No. <laughs> Either way, I, we, we're going to talk about it later. I think I might have to get into that. <laughs> we are in a series. So I'm not going to get out of this series. I believe God wants to work through this series. We've been in this series called All Him, All In. And this has been powerful. Hopefully you guys are getting something out of this. I think this is like a month and a half now we've been on this. Um, and this is all about just going all, everything's about him. In other words, you don't have a say. Like it's all about focusing on him. God, what do you want? Okay, asking him, what does he want in your life? Asking him, what do you want? for my kids? What do you want for my finances? What do you want um, for 
my job. What do you want for school? What do you want? It's all him. And you're saying, God, I'm going to put you first. I'm taking everything else out of the picture, completely focusing on you saying, Lord, what is it? And then the all in means that, that you put all the cards on the table. It's not just him telling you what he wants and you going, okay, that fits. Right? Or I'll, I'll give a little bit of that and I'll do a little bit of that. And maybe I can do a little bit of that. It's, he's saying it's all in, which means I'm going to do everything you've asked me to do. And that's deep. That's deep because if you actually sit and listen to him, he's called you out to do some amazing things. And I think because of fear, because of intimidation, because of, uh, our faith might not be that strong to walk us through some things, we go, whew, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. But then I've watched people through this make serious decisions. We watched somebody through this whole process actually retire <laughs> and say, I'm all in. And he's asking me to retire and come be intercessor and pray and seek his face. And, and I got to watch this. I actually got to go to his ceremony on Thursday. Um, but just to see that, that's pretty powerful stuff. I mean, that means people are actually getting something out of this. And they're going, when God's calling you to do something, are you willing to respond with everything you have to what he asked you to do? So that's what this whole thing has been about. And we started, like I said, we started this a while ago. So it's all on Romans 12. So we've been in Romans 12 that long. And I've told you to read ahead. So hopefully y'all know Romans 12. In fact, it was in the marriage conference quite a bit. So I was like, I hope everybody's quoting it like right off the, the tip of your tongue. Because we've been in Romans 12 and we're not even like, we're not even that far. Like we're, we're not that far in Romans 12. So here's the thing. Go back to Romans. I'm going to do this every time. Romans 1 through 11 is all about doctrine. It's all about salvation. It's all about all that stuff that you want to know about. How do I get born again? Uh, what's that look like? What's going to happen to me? And all those things. And, and all that's up to, to, to 11 through 11. And then when we hit uh, 12, what happens in Romans 12 is he said, now that, or in, in, in actual scripture, it says, and so. He means because everything I just talked about for 11 chapters. And so, this is what I'm going to expect of you. So if you want to know What's expected of you as a Christian? What's expected of you when you say I'm all in? He says, I'm going to give you the guidelines to help guide you. This is going to help guide you through your life. Uh, uh, what am I supposed to do? What is this walk supposed to look like? What is my life supposed to look like? And trust me, this is deep. Like if you've read it as many times as I've read it now, like every time I read it, I'm like, ah, <laughs> I think I fixed something like right in there. And then I read it again. and I'm like, oh, he got me there. I'm like, I fixed that last week. Oh, he got me here. I was like, come on. So I think that's why it's there, is to constantly remind us that we can be better, that we can do things differently. We can seek him more. We can listen to him more. We can surrender to him more. Um, so it says if you're all in and if you're all him, uh, then you should be exhibiting these things. So in Romans 12, I'm just going to pick up reading there. Uh, it'll be on the screen, but if you have your Bibles, you can follow, follow along. It says, and so, brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that will, he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So once again, stop right there. The true way to worship him is to be a living sacrifice. What that means is that, Lord, thank you for your son dying on the cross for me. So now my life, my life right now is no longer mine. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to be a living sacrifice for you to operate through me and for you to use me in any way you want to. That only works if we actually say I'm all in. 
Other than that, we're still doing what we want to do and we just hope to get the benefits of what he's done. Right? But he's saying the true way to worship him, not like up here dancing around worshiping him, but the, you really want to worship him? He goes, give me your life. Follow me. I love that when he says, follow, come take a walk with me. Follow me. So we're going to worship him. It says, verse 2, it says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So it says, don't, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. Man, our world is going all different directions. And he says, if you want the true guidance, it's still the Bible. Like, it's still my word. This is still true. If you're confused about anything, go back to the word. He says, don't fall into the trap of following the customs and the beliefs of the world. Man, there's so many different concepts and thoughts out there. Man, bump that stuff up against the Bible and it's going to be true. All right, you have to trust the Bible on this one. So he says, you just, you get to, you're going to learn to know him. How do you do that? He says, what, you got to change the way you think. So change the way you think. And sometimes, like for me, it took me 35 years to change the way I thought. 35 years of just living by whatever the world wanted me to do any way I wanted to do it. And looking at everybody else and looking what news said and said, man, I can act like that and I could do all those things. 35 years doing that before I finally said, man, I got to change the way I think. And then he gets a hold of you and it's different. <laughs> It's not just a minor change the way you think. It's a, it's a very large change the way you think. And he starts doing wonderful things in your life. When you surrender to him, he starts doing amazing things. So let's go to verse three. It says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. So once again, he's saying, don't think you're better than you really are. Right? That's a caution. That's a warning. It says, be honest in your evaluation by measuring yourself by the faith. Measure yourself by faith that he's given us. And just as our bodies have, met, uh, have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Okay, so, so right there's the body thing, the different parts thing. In other words, this body, this, this church, there, there's a body of believers which is very large. That's the worldly church. It's the, the church as a whole. I mean, in the world, it's everything. Then there's this body. And we all have a different function in this body. We all have a different, we're all a different part. We all, you know, it doesn't matter how big. Some of you might be, well, I'm the heart. That's awesome because we need the heart. But, but one might say I'm the brain. One might say I'm the arm or I'm the leg. You might be a tendon. You might be cartilage. You might be, you know, a spinal cord. I don't know what your part is. All I know is that our body can't operate without all of it. And if it does operate, it just doesn't operate efficiently. Right? For us to operate the way he wants us to operate and move in the right direction at the right speed, doing what he wants, we all have to have part of that. We're all part of a family. We're all part of the body. Which means nobody can just sit around and sit on your hands and say, this is what I do. You all have a gift. You're supposed to identify what that gift is and you're supposed to serve in the body using your gift. And that strengthens the body and when you don't do that, you rob from everybody that's around you. You take away from the family. There's people in this place right now that are waiting for you to understand what your gift is and start operating in it. And because you don't, they're lacking. 
I'm telling you, this can get really deep. This is not always about you. Okay? It's about the people around you. So what gift do you have that God can use for the body? What part of the body are you? Because we all belong to each other. Verse 6 says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Like hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say... I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. There you go. (laughs) That's how we're supposed to do this. Any questions? Just do it. Like, like I used to say that all the time. Hey, guys, let's just read the Bible and do what it says, and this will be a whole lot easier. But that's hard. You start reading some of these things. Did it prick anybody? <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, I don't want to raise my hand. Yeah, everybody could raise their hand. Yeah. If not, then come on up here and, you know, take over, and maybe we should worship you. Because <laughs> I'm thinking he's the only perfect one. Right, so we can all read this as a reminder and just say, wow, like I need to get better at that. I can get so much better at that. So that's what we've been talking about. And we have made it all the way to like verse six, <laughs> verse seven. Man, that's crazy. Cause there's, there's like so many. So we're gonna pick it right back up in verse six cause that's where I like to go. It just seems to be so, so good. You know, last week we did that. We talked about six. We got into gifts. We started talking about the different gifts God given us. Um, and I covered a couple of them serving and stuff like that. Brother Rick was in town. Did you, if you guys missed last week, man, we had a, he has a gift of healing. He came in from Charlotte and uh, has a gift of healing. And he, he's part of our family, y'all. Like, it's amazing how many people don't live here that are part of this family. Um, but he has a special gift. Uh, he came in and, and he got to share that gift. And here's the thing. He got to talk about it, but we also got to pray over people. So the point of that is, is that we're praying over people. You can't get discouraged if you're like, yeah, but I'm still hurting. If it's truly faith, then it's faith in his timing, not just faith in him. Right? So we can't lose faith. Just maybe we're still limping a little bit. That doesn't mean that he didn't heal you. It just means he's not ready yet. 
Like he's got a plan with that. Like you're healed. He's already, he determined that. But you just got to walk in it. But we also activated that gift with several people in the house. And what he thought was, I should have about four people. I'm thinking God's going to bring me four people to activate this gift of healing in so they can go out and, and, and really start up this ministry to heal people. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And then we called people up and said, who thinks they have the gift to be healed? There was like 20 some people up here. And I was like, that's an army, y'all. Could you imagine that? People walking out in faith to be able to, 20 people at a time just walking into a hospital saying, hey, we're just here. We heard your beds are getting kind of full, so we're here. Uh, we're going to clear them all out real quick. And then we're going to go down the road and go to the next one. I mean, that's faith and healing. Okay, but healing comes through faith. We got to believe that you can be healed. You, it's, man, it was so powerful. I just, in, in doing that, what, what's funny is I'm not going to get into the details with it, but I do want you to know this. He specifically the night before he said, there's somebody with a prosthetic and I believe God's going to regenerate something. And I'm like, there, there ain't nobody with a prosthetic in our church. But I said, God will bring anybody. Right. And then we had a word for somebody, which I thought was powerful. But then Monday morning, somebody that attends our church all the time, they just weren't here. And they came in and said, I've been praying about this for years. I have a prosthetic. And I was like, <laughs> but they weren't here that day. But that doesn't mean they're not healed. That doesn't mean they're not going to be healed. But it was really neat. So I'm excited over that. I know God's going to do something amazing in that. We got a plan for that. And like, I'm sorry, there's some things you just can't piece together. Like, that's pretty specific. Yeah. But we, our minds were different. Our minds were thinking, you know, I'm, I'm thinking somebody just has like a prosthetic arm or something. God doesn't think that way. So just keep that in your mind. It's pretty powerful. So anyway, um, don't get discouraged. Keep believing. Keep believing. That's so important. Same thing with our gift. Like our gift, that's one gift, but that's just the gift of healing. Like there are several gifts. I've talked about 18, 20 of them, 22 of them. We did a spiritual gift test today. Um, and I got to see people's, I kept walking up to people because they walk out with a piece of paper. I'm like, what's your gift? <laughs> I'm not asking you just because I want to know what your gift is. I'm asking you because I'm going to engage you <laughs> and we're going to inject you into some stuff. We're going to inject you into some stuff for healing, for whatever it is. God's going to do something amazing. So that's the real cool part. So if I ask you those things, it's because my mind's already spinning. I'm like, what are your gifts? I like to know the gifts. I like to know what's going on in people's heart. I like to know what they bring in. I like to know everything that's going on so that we can use them as a family, as a whole, right, for the body. So it's really good. So uh, let's get into this. Let's see. Hmm. Let's do this. I want to talk about this real quick because I don't want you to get discouraged. Uh, a lot of times we talk about the giftings like this. We had 20-some people come up here for healing, and we tried to activate that in a lot of people's lives. And a lot of you are probably saying, well, what's next? What, what a great question. Like, we came up here. You prayed over us. Now what? Like, what do you want me to do with this? Like, that's with any gift. Okay, so I want you to know, be praying about this. Uh, I do believe, uh, I know what God's going to do with it, but I do believe it's going to take a little bit of your effort too. I need you to start studying up on the gifts. I need you to start reading up. If you've been identified in a gift, you need to read on those gifts. You need to understand those gifts. You need to operate in that. Okay, but here's, a, you're going to be equipped. Okay, so I believe we've got an equipping ministry coming up and I believe we're going to start connecting you with other people that have the same gift as you. Okay, and through that, we're going to minister through that. We're going to group you together and we're going to grow together that way. 
Okay, now that's going to happen when I come back. Okay, so I already know he's working in that area. And I already have people coming forward going, I've been studying this. I know, what can I do? Well, I know what you can do. We can start getting leaders to help lead and, and educate and train in what we want to do. So, so don't lose hope. It's not that we just did that and we're walking away and never coming back to it. I'm going to give you about a month to read about it, to, to understand it, to, to bring stuff to the table. So when we meet, you're educated, we're educated, and we throw everything on the table and we talk about it. So we can all get on the same page. Because I don't know everything. Thank the Lord. <laughs> I don't know everything. So I need people. I need people that understand it. So when we're operating in those gifts, we can come together and share those things. Good? Yes. All right, so study. Study. I like that. I want to jump into not new stuff, but new stuff. So in, in, the, in verse 6, I think it actually goes, in his grace, God's given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Uh, I'm going to jump back down into 7, and I'm going to read through 7 through 9 again and just kind of touch up on some things before I, I finish up somewhere. So in verse 7, it says, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. Right? If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And then in verse 9, it said, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Right? So I want to get into this. He's, he's saying that, that one, we have a gift. And he says, do it well. Do it well. Not just do it. Do it absolutely well. You can't do something well if you don't understand it. You got to give it all of your heart, all of your effort, everything in you to do it well. He's given you a gift. So he wants the best of you. Not just for you to hear about it and go, well, I'll just do whatever I can. You know, I'll give, I'll give this right now, you know, or, or I'll give my, my time right now for this, but I'm not going to go all in, but I'll just do a little bit. He wants it done well. So he says, you got to use them to do something well, and you're going to use it for the kingdom. Use it to represent Jesus. He wants to flow through you. Everything you should do, you should do it like you're doing it for him. All right, so that should give you a definition of what well is. But we have to be faithful with our gifts. So you got to be faithful with your gift. You can't just hang on to it. You got to be faithful with it and let it operate and let it move. All right, so we talked about a couple things last week. Talked about serving. Perfect example was the students at the XO conference. I mean, they just love to serve. We talked about serving. That's doing lots of things. It's, uh, I mean, that's just loving on people, wanting to make, make things good, wanting to help out. And that, that was our students. We talked about that last week. We talked about teaching last week. We said, teach well. What that means is that you got to be a foundational teacher and you got to understand stuff. You got to be prepared. Um, we should be teaching stuff that's going to solidify us, put a foundation on us that allows us to launch somewhere. So I think about this and I think about a space shuttle. Right, I started thinking about this. Like, like you just don't take a space shuttle, which I didn't know weighed that much, but they're really heavy. I actually Googled it. It was like a million pounds or something like. I was like, there is no way that's right. But everywhere I read, I was like, well, that's heavy. But they don't just put that there and then light it up on like soft, marshy area. There's a solid foundation to be able to hold the thrust of what's gonna happen, right? So you can imagine all that, everything that goes into that. So we should be teaching stuff that solidifies the foundation in this house, that makes this strong, right? That makes it thick, that makes it um, so solid that when we get ready to launch and do some stuff, it's not gonna cause damage to anything else. It's just a solid foundation, right? 
So we've been doing this for four years. <laughs> People don't realize it, but for four years, we've been building a little bit there, building a little bit there, teaching this here, laying some, some rebarb over there, pouring some concrete right there, you know, tilling up the ground over here, leveling it off. We're trying to build a solid foundation because I believe God wants to launch some stuff. He wants some amazing things. He knows some amazing things are gonna happen. We had to be strong enough to hold that. You understand? We had to be strong enough. You want people to walk through these doors? I've heard people say, man, man, let's get some more people coming. Let's, well, that's great, but, but can you handle the weight of that? Because I'm praying that the people that are hurt and broken and need to know Jesus and need healing in their lives come through these doors. But that, that, that doesn't mean that I'm supposed to carry that weight. It doesn't mean the elders are supposed to just carry that weight or the staff's supposed to carry that weight. It's everybody in this family is supposed to carry that weight. So we all have to be on the same page. We have to be strong enough. We have to have a foundation strong enough. So when people start coming in, they're not feeling like, well, you guys can't do anything with me because this is like any other place I go to. I walk in, sit by myself, do my own thing and leave. Check the box. I want people to come in, get radically changed, transformed, and then sent out to do ministry work. Anyway, <laughs> so our teaching should do that. It should equip us. It should build a foundation um, for the kingdom. So then he gets into this gift. He starts talking about, uh, the, the next one he starts talking is encourage others, be encouraging, right? So he says, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. That's exhortation. Who's got the gift of exhortation? I saw some people this, yeah, I see, I see them. Come on, this is huge. I love this gift. It's encouraging. This, is, this, this gift alone, the gift of exhortation. So the Holy Ghost gives us this, right, to the people in the church to strengthen and encourage those that are wavering. You understand? People that are wavering. Wavering in their faith. So you can come alongside them and encourage them, but also correct them. But there's a correction that comes out of love. A correct, it's like, hey, let me help you. Like, 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 let me do this. So it's very encouraging, although correcting. I've been corrected where it's not encouraging. <laughs> Makes you just want to leave or hide under a rock, <laughs> right? But if we encourage through correction, it's so much better. So this, this gift can lift up so it can uplift and motivate others as well as challenge and rebuke them in order to foster spiritual growth and action. The whole goal of an encourager is to see everyone in the church continually building up the body of Christ and glorifying God. That's what that gift is. That's important. <laughs> That's really important. Okay, and I'm not gonna go in, I'm not gonna break, I don't have time to break all these down. What I wanted to tell you was, that's a little bit about that gift. The Bible mentions that gift specifically in this spot. Okay, so if you have that gift, you should be out encouraging. You, you should have a, a, a knowledge of encouraging people, a want to encourage people. Give them support, confidence, hope that things can change. And they're doing well. Okay, the next one it talks about, I'm just going to jump around to this one. It says, if it is giving, give generously. This is a good one. Uh, we don't talk about giving here a whole bunch, but this isn't like, this is not talking about tithing. This is not tithing. This is more towards the offering side of what we do. Um, this is, you have this gift of giving. It, and, and with this gift, here's the thing. This gift operates so that you can build up the ministry, but you can work with missionaries. You, can, you, can, you see a need and you meet it. 
So if someone has a need in the church and you hear about it, your heart starts tingling because you're like, ooh, 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 I want to help them. Like we've had several cars given in this place where, where people feel like the Holy Ghost tells them, hey, I got a car for somebody. And then somebody in the church is praying for a car. And then I've seen it where someone says, I need a car. And someone goes, ooh, I got an extra car. I'll give it to you. Like that stuff happens. And it happens in here for some reason a lot, <laughs> which I absolutely love. But it's not just that. It's about anything. It's, it's above and beyond. God tells you something or you hear about a need and you just want to meet it. And you can meet it financially, right? You see, you can give financially, not because you're, you're wealthy, right? It's because you know how to manage your stuff properly. You know how to organize stuff properly. You know how to steward properly. So you're always putting yourself in a position where you have more so you can give more. So it doesn't mean you have to be rich. So if you're just like, well, I don't make much, that's not me. No, but what if God puts it on your heart? Will you find a way to bless somebody above and beyond? That's what that gift is. That operates a lot in this house. And I love that. Like, like, like we get to bless people above and beyond because you have a gift that you're willing to, to operate on. And like I said, this is not, I'm not talking about 10%. I'm talking about this is where there's a need and you meet the need. I just told you about the guy that served last week and paved the back parking lot. <laughs> that costs money. <laughs> In case y'all didn't know that, that costs money. But he goes, I see a need. I want to give. Happens every year. Um, we do, if you're new here, we, we have something called uh, Heart for the House. We've done this uh, for multiple years now. And here's what I say. We, we, we operate like any church. You give, it goes into a budget. We have a budget and we, we budget things out. We try to do the best we can to take care of what we can do uh, by your giving. But then we look at things as a, as a family. We look at things as a whole. Heart for the house is our heart for this place, for this family. Like, like we have a heart for this. So, so what we try to do is give you an opportunity to give above and beyond. This, is, this isn't even a twist arm give. Like I'm, I will not come in here and say, okay, you better give. You got one more day. No, this is if God lays it on your heart to give above and beyond to see something happen in this house. Let me explain. Last year, if you remember, we did heart for the house and we said, hey, we're going to rebrand. So we changed our name. We said, we need, to re we need to paint the church. We did. We need to fix the roof. We did. We need a storage unit out back. We did. We need to fix a deck. We did it. All that came from people that said, you know what? I want to give extra to that. And none of it was emergency stuff. It was stuff we wanted as a family to help protect the investment and be good stewards of what God's blessed us with. Right? So, so every year we try to do a heart for the house. We're doing it again. Okay, so heart for the house will be coming up. I wanted to just share it before I leave because I want you to pray about it. It's going to be in April. April 16th will be our, our heart for the house give. So be praying about it. And some of the stuff on it, I, you know, there's, okay, I have a couple. This is, to me, what I think is a pretty short list this year. And, here, and, if, and if we don't give to it, that's fine. We don't need it. These are not, like if these were emergency things, then we would make, we would just do it. Understand that. Like, we're going to take care of what needs to happen. Like, lights, this is not like we need to pay our electric bill. Like, that stuff happens. Like, we, you know, this is not that stuff. Um, but here's the thing. We, we need new lights in the children's ministry. They have fluorescent light bulbs. Most of them are out, and they're dangerous. 
If a kid kicks a ball up and it shatters, it's landing on your kid's head. I don't like that. These are LED lights. We had these put in a couple years ago. So I want to do that. Want to demo and rebuild the back deck. If you don't know, we have a back deck. We're going to get rid of the big deck and just build a little step. Emergency exit. Because all that's been paved up to a point. Easy things, right? My big one for this that I want you to pray about is we need to redo the flooring in this place. We waste... $4,000 to $4,500 a year just shampooing the carpet. It's old. This carpet's probably 15 years old. And most of us are laying our faces on it. <laughs> so we want a carpet in here. We're actually going to put, you know, the, the luxury vinyl planking in the foyer, get rid of all the tile over there. That goes down the hallway. You know, we're going to put new carpet in the children's ministry and all the areas. We're going to make it look brand new, clean it up. It's an investment and it's going to be good for a long time. But we got to take care of what we have. Is that an emergency? Nope, we keep shampooing it. But if you want to give to that, that's what God puts on your heart. You give to it. We're going to take care of it. We're going to make sure it happens. So I have quotes for all this coming in. Um, that one's not cheap, by the way. <laughs> but here's the thing. Okay. I'll tell you this. You know how much, I'll just share with you. Every year when we do this, last year, we gave over $40,000, I believe, to Heart for the House. That's huge. That's huge. That's you. That's you guys. And that did all that work. We fixed the roof. We painted the whole building. We rebranded. I mean, all that stuff I mentioned fell under that. I mean, that's huge. So what you give uh, really matters. And then little things like a new drum cage because when Kevin beats on these things, it is so loud, y'all. If you don't know, like, like we're going to build this in. It isn't even that expensive, but we're going to build this thing in and put air conditioning in there so they're not sweating all over the place. And it's going to keep it to where everything can be mic'd, right? If you're not a drummer and you're not in here a lot, you don't understand. Like Kevin gets in there and it's like the volume went to 200 and other people get in there and they're beating on it's like a hundred. I'm like, how do you adjust? You everything's already mic'd up, but it doesn't matter. If you want it to be right to where it's not blowing our eardrums out, then we gotta do things right. So that's just a little bit on heart for the house. I'm sharing that because I'm not gonna be here, but I want you praying about it. Got it? Everybody good with that? And we'll, that that'll be a that'll be a, a gift that we just do, and then whatever we get, we'll take care of the priorities based on that. It's really cool. But I'm so thankful. Kevin wants a new church van. He parks the church van at his house every day. There you go. He wants a van. If you don't know, our kids take this van all the time. That van's like a 2006. It's been cleaned up and repainted and rebranded. And it still uh, smells, like, smells like some kids been living in it. <laughs> so... I've been looking at those. We're looking at the buses. We're trying to look at what can we do to transport our kids to all the functions we go to and stuff. So these are all things that, that can be part of what God wants to do in this house. It doesn't mean they have to come. Like I'm saying, this is stuff I offer up to people because I've seen it work that way. When you, when you throw something out there, God puts it on your heart. Somebody goes, man, God put that on my heart. And all of a sudden they want to take care of it. That's the gift of giving, y'all. That's what that is. God puts it on your heart. So you find a way to give to that and it works. That's why I'm explaining it in the gift of giving. All right, let's talk about the next one in that 
in that verse where it actually gets into it, it says, uh, give generously. Then it says, if God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. Man, we talk about the gift of leadership. You know, I love teaching leadership. I love talking about leadership. And with the spiritual gift of leadership, it's really close to administration. It's really close to, um, to uh, pastor, shepherd. These are things when you talk about the gift of leadership, it's tied into that. That's why it's been sandwiched here in, in the scripture where it is. The difference between administration and leadership, administration is all about the task. Leadership's all about the people. Okay, so people have been given a gift of leadership. What that means is that God has blessed you with the ability to care for people and care for, uh, have a vision and be able to cast that vision and take people from one spot to the next. Okay, that's what leads our ministry. So that's small group leaders. That's all those things. You have a gift to lead people. Okay, you have that gift. And it's important because when I talk to people about this, uh, I ask them, um, write down the name of somebody that you think was a great leader. And a lot of people stare at me. Not like staring at me like I'm it. Like they stare at me blankly like a good leader in my life. Hmm. Leadership is huge. And you're going to choose to lead. And guess what? It's either going to be a good example or a bad example. It'll still be an example. So if you're looking to set an example, there you go. Okay, but God wants you to, if you have the gift of leadership, what are you doing to use your gift in the church? Let's see, gift of leadership. Uh, let's see what it says. Um, pretty much everything I just said. And it's not saying that if you have the gift of administration that you don't care about people. That's not what I'm saying. But the gift of administration is the ability to line things up and move things and have policies and practices and all these things. And that's needed. That is so needed because trust me, people like me, if I don't have somebody that's given me step-by-step stuff, I'll just go off the wall. I'll get things done, but I don't know what order. It'll probably be good quality just because I, I like good quality. But I'm telling you, we need people with administration gifts to track things and move things and keep me on track. And Miss Rhonda like does this really well for the church. So she, she reminds me every day about all the stuff I need to do. But this is really good. So it's all about relationship. He, the spiritual gift of leadership uh, gives it to, uh, the Holy Spirit gives it to the church to care for God's people and lead them into deeper relationship with Christ and each other. And they really base their success on how well they help others succeed and grow in their spiritual walk with Jesus. That's the gift of leadership. So when we're looking for small group leaders, we're looking for that. That should be a passion of yours. Not just I want to gather with, a, I want to hang out with a bunch of people. But man, can I actually draw them closer to Jesus? Man, that, you know how powerful that is that you can do that? And this is, this is huge. Like, I didn't realize how awesome it is to do that until I got to spend this whole last year with our niece. Like, I've always done it from afar. I, I can preach it. I can talk with people. But when you get a hold of somebody, and you're like, hey, let's walk this thing out. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. <laughs> like, like there's, there's something about walking a process out with somebody through love and caring and watching them flourish and grow and do amazing things. Like, there, there's something about that that just gets me fired up, which is why I love to do this. And if that's inside of you, if you're like, but I love that too, you have the gift of leadership. And you need to use that in the family because the family needs leaders. You understand? Everybody good with that? All right.
And then it goes on to the next one where it says, let's see. Like I said, I was going to be all over the place today. Let's see. Next one says, if God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you, wait, I really want to talk about that. It says, take it seriously. You understand that the way you treat somebody or the way you lead somebody could cause them to walk away from Christ forever? That's pretty serious. It's not a joke. This is, this is eternity. So how you guide somebody, how you lead somebody could change them forever, but also steer them down the wrong road. So take it seriously. If you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. That gift of kindness, right? It's also called the gift of mercy. We should all have that gift because it's a gift that we have all got to be part of. And this is where you have a concern for the physical as well as spiritual need of those who are hurting. So if that's you, you have empathy for them. You, you share in the way they feel about things. This is huge. Like, and if that's you where you see somebody that's hurting and you're just drawn to them and you're like, can I just like talk with you about that? Can I care for you? This is huge in the church. <laughs> we need this. Because we're all not perfect. <laughs> and this, this is probably the best family we have. I'm not saying that negatively. What I'm saying is that we come together as a family. And in a family we support each other. And we help each other. And we guide each other. Right? And with that comes the gift of mercy. So that when people walk in you're like, man, something's wrong. You get that? Like anybody? <laughs> like I can usually when someone walks in I go, ooh, something's wrong today. And it gives me a different way to approach them and say, is everything good? We okay? Like, let's sit down and talk and let's find out. Because you carry that with you, right? You, you have the ability to read into that. So you want to come alongside people for an extended period of time. This is not come up and say, brother, I'm sorry you're feeling so bad. Be blessed. That's not the gift of mercy. Like, it's you want to walk in and go, hey, this is going to be a journey. This is going to be a challenge. This is going to be a road. And I'm with you. And I'm going to follow up with you and I'm going to spend time with you and I'm going to love on you and we're going to get through this and when we get done, we're going to be so much better and healthy and whole. We need that gift in the church. And there's a lot of people that have that. You're just not walking in it. Right? You're sensitive to the feelings and circumstances of others. And you just discern things when people aren't feeling well. I'll tell you, I've said this before. I don't know where I said it. I might have said it in here. But we have a prayer cross. And we tell people, it's right over there. That's why I keep looking over there. It says prayer on the top, big letters. If you got a prayer, you nail it to the cross. When God operates in that and he heals that or does whatever that prayer is, answers that prayer, it now becomes a miracle. We put it on a miracle cross. So you transfer it. You take it from that one and you put it on that one. So that we can see what God's doing. Because everything you pray for, if he answers it, that's a miracle in my book. Right? But when I was seated in as pastor, I remember seeing the cross and I walked by it and I said, Lord, I just want to have the ability to feel what they feel. Watch what you pray for. That has got to be the most. <sighs> That'll wreck you every day. Because it reminds you of what's going on in the family and people you love. You want to see them healed. You want to see them whole. You want to see people set free. 
And that becomes a driving force in what you do. And we need that in our church. We need people to be not only praying for them, but coming alongside them and lifting them up and saying, let me show you the way. Man, you want to see what discipleship is? Go grab a hold of somebody that's lost and walk beside them for a year or two or three or four or forever. That's discipleship. Show them the way. Not just tell them, not read them a book. Walk them through it. And say, this is the next step. And I'm going to walk it with you. We're going to do this together. Pick that up to drink it. Ah, come on. This is why I got to get away. I'm going to jump down now. I'm going to get out of the gifts because it jumps out of the gifts, but it goes into something very dear to my heart. And it says in verse nine, just, uh, don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tight to what is good. Man, we just talked about, we talked about this in our, in our XO conference. Like, love your spouse. Not like love, pat you on the back. Good to see you, love. Like, love your spouse with everything you have. Nobody comes between you and your spouse. Not even your kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll stir up everything. <laughs> like, man, I don't know. I always said this, even with our kids. I always told them, look, I didn't choose you. I chose your mama. You were just a byproduct. So don't ever try to pin yourself between me and her. I chose her out of everybody. I let them know, man, I had my pick of the world. <laughs> and I chose her. So don't you ever get in the middle of that because you're going to lose. And here's something for you. Kids leave. <laughs> they turn 18, think they know everything. And they just go. I'm telling you, love your spouse. And we just talked about this. This is so big. Not just your spouse, but yeah, love your kids. Love the people around you. And this doesn't say like in a category. This isn't like love the people that are blood relatives. Doesn't say that. It doesn't say love the people that, that you wear the same shoes. Or love the people that look just like you. Nope. It says love others. Others means everybody but you. Hmm. We don't have a choice who we love. We just love them. But don't pretend like you're supposed to really love them. Because trust me, they'll, they'll know when you're pretending. Right? They'll know when you're pretending. You got to really love them. To do that, um, I'm going to steal something from what I heard in XO conference and just inject my own thing. <laughs> Where did you get your definition of love? They asked us in marriage conference, what's your definition of marriage and where'd you get it from? That's pretty important too. But where'd you get your definition of love from? Did you get it from your parents? Did you get it from a friend? Where did, where are you, how are you defining love? Because if you define it by the Bible, it's the only true definition of what love actually is. But see, we, we have a messed up mind because we grew up in a household where maybe your dad didn't love you so much. So you assumed that was love, whatever that level was. And you start leveling things up. 
Be like me, I didn't have a mom. So as far as a mom went, I didn't know what love was. How, how am I supposed to love them? I don't know, like the love of a mother? When people say, yeah, you should love people like your mother. I, my mother left me. So am I supposed to leave people? That's how I define, how are you defining love in your life? So I want to redefine that. You need to define it through what the Bible says love is. Not what somebody did to you. Maybe somebody said they loved you, but then they hurt you. So you define love through that. And that's why you say, well, there's a, there's a limit on my love because I don't ever want to get that close. You understand? So where's your definition of love come from? Because that's how you're operating. And God says you're supposed to love everybody with genuine love. Like real love, sincere love. And the Bible actually tells us what it is. And we share it all the time. But before I read that, I want to go into Romans 13, 8 through 10. Because it kind of gives you a little bit on it. Romans 13, 8 through 10. It says, owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. Owe nothing to anyone except your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are all summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. I mean, we had the Ten Commandments in our house for a long time. And don't, don't get mad at me, I took them down. Oh, we took down the Ten Commandments. No. Because when you try to focus on the Ten Commandments and I must do that, it's hard. But when you say, I just have to love, all those commandments fall right in there. There's actually a whole bunch more than that. <laughs> but those ten, you know, those pretty serious ones everybody thinks. But if you actually love people, none of those things are even an issue in your life. But it all stems out of love. That's why he says, just love people. And if you understand, but then we go, okay, well, I'm loving like my mom loved me. I'm loving like my, my dad loved me. I love like this person loved me. I love like my ex-husband loved me or my ex-wife loved me. That's how I define love. So therefore, does that satisfy the need? No. <laughs> it's not the same love. Going to 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7. And then I'll get to the big part in 4. It says, if you speak all the languages on earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but did not love others, I would be a noisy, as, be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had a gift of prophecy and, I, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If you gave everything, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So here's your definition of love. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, 
is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. That's a pretty good definition of love. Now, I can throw on top of that, you know, love in a marriage and stuff, which if you do all that in a marriage, then, then that's pretty awesome. But we can throw on top of that. But right here, what a definition. So are you patient and kind with everybody? <laughs> Man, we didn't make it through the first one. Love is not jealous, so are you jealous or boastful or proud or rude? Even when you're driving your car. Does not demand its own way. So therefore, you're selfless. You take yourself out of this. It's not about you. And it keeps no record of being wronged. Woo! Can we do that? Can you clear your heart? Can you clear everything in your mind? And can you say, I know you just wronged me like right now, but guess what? There's no record of that because I love you. That's love. How are we doing? Are we keeping a record? <laughs> See. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. You ever give up on somebody? You ever had somebody give up on you? Come on. That hurts, y'all. That causes pain. And sometimes we go, yeah, but you don't understand. Like, ah, I've given them 30 shots. At some point, I just got to quit. Nope. It says never. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So apply that to your marriage. Every circumstance. No matter what happens in your marriage, you will not stop loving each other. No matter what. Anything. No matter what. That's love. Right? <laughs> People are like, oh, man. I like my definition better. Just love like my mama. <laughs> she made me breakfast in the morning, lunch, hug me, even when I look funny. Just love like my mama. Nope, this tells us how to do it. Think about this. We went down to the food bank on Thursday. So um, thank you, Cassandra and everybody. We had a big group of people that showed up to help out. We handed out food. Um, we do that once a month in Millbrook. And we served 200 families. I probably had like 170 cars that came through. And we got to walk around. I got to pray for almost every single person. Like grab their hand and look them in the eyes and just love on them. That's powerful, y'all. That's powerful. To just look somebody in the eyes and say, it's going to be okay. And you know, most of them, it was a financial need or, or a, a healing. They needed healing or finances. Yeah, restoration in the family. You know, it's... It's out there. There is, there is no lack of need. Let's put it that way. So we got to sit out there and just literally pray over everybody and love on them. So good. We could have done that all day. Honestly. And if you felt that way, 
And if you feel that way in your heart, like next time you want to do that, you probably have that gift inside of you. <laughs> so start studying about what's inside of you and let God operate in your heart in a mighty way. Look, it cha- you can change the world that way. Just, just by bringing light to somebody's darkness. Because they're dealing with stuff. We all deal with stuff. But do you truly love somebody enough to walk into that? To walk into their darkness to, to set them free? That's good stuff, y'all. So the foundation of all our gifts is love. So if you can't get the love thing down, it's going to be hard to operate in all your gifts. Right? I think it can happen. But man, if you want it to be good, if you want, if you want God to bless it, if you want it to be powerful, get that love thing down. We talked about forgiveness this weekend. That was like... Between forgiveness and sex, I don't know if they're both intertwined somewhere. <laughs> it was, it was, it was all marriage conference right there. Just letting y'all know, if you missed it, you need to <laughs> come next year. Because <laughs> here's the thing: when you love others, you got to understand that you have to be vulnerable. That's a problem. That's what people don't like. They don't like to lay it all on the line and go, this is me. This is who I am. That's hard. Because you're so used to saying, this is who I am. And people go, yeah, but that's wrong. And that's not good. And we don't want to be around that. Where true love in a family is, this is me. This is what's wrong. I'm being transparent. I need help. And I need someone to come wrap their arms around me and get me through this. That's what this is about. That's how we do this. That's what true family is. We can't do that if you hide behind it. You can't do it if you never open up about it. You gotta share what's going on in your life. And you're like, yeah, but. No, there's no, yeah, but. There's a lot of people in here. You can trust a lot of people in here, but go find somebody you really trust. Bible says we confess our sins not only to him, but to others. So if you're just confessing your sin to him, you're not getting healed. Because you're not talking to anybody else. There's nobody holding you accountable. We have a problem with that. Think what could happen if we just start trusting each other and coming together and meshing together and all of a sudden healing takes place and growth takes place and, and all of a sudden we're just walking, man, with his love all over us and we're healed and whole. The reason why we're not healed and whole usually is because we're not, you know, open up. We're not vulnerable with everything. We're going to be honest about some things, but some things we just think are way too far gone. And he says, no, you got to trust. You got to be honest and open and then be loved. Experience love the way you've probably never experienced, which is we're not going to judge you. (laughs) We're going to love you. We're going to get through this. Come on. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Man. Proverbs 28.13, people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Mercy. 
That's powerful right there in Proverbs. Come on. What that means, you got to trust people and just open up. And there's freedom in that. That's what's so cool. There's freedom in that. So true love comes with freedom. True love requires you to be vulnerable. But in that comes healing and, and strength. Man. And hope. And joy. Which produces more love. That we can go do that with everybody else. Hmm. So if you want an example of love, just how does Jesus love you? I don't know. I know where he found me. Probably where I found him, actually, because I think he was with me the whole time. But I remember where I was. I remember what that looked like. I remember what was going on in my life. And then he loved me through it. And because I was vulnerable with that, because I was willing to go through that, and was it instantaneous? No, but oh my gosh. He was there every step of the way. And he was like, he was like, hey, hang on. Oh, you stepped over. Let me help you, buddy. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. That's true love. So we all have an example of what that love is. Because he loves you like that. So if you can imagine in your head, which I know you can, everything you've ever gone through, everything you've been through in your life, he loves you through that. And that's how you're supposed to love everybody around you. Good example. So yeah, I believe God's doing some amazing things in this house. I believe we've built a foundation. I think he's really starting to love what's happening. And because of that, things are going to start moving. But we've been doing this for a while. That's why we know that last year at this time we did. We took, it was our first time we've done that where we walked away for 30 days. And it was a time for us to rest. It was a time for us to to just focus on each other, focus on our family, focus on the Lord. And through that, he brought fresh vision. I mean, we got a new name. We got, I mean, identity changes, everything. We came back fired up and we got to see a rapid growth in our church when it came to a foundational standpoint and people's lives being changed. That's huge. And so here we are again, getting ready to embark on another 30 days. And I believe he's doing it on purpose because what he's doing is he's removing us Right, Jules and I, are, we're going we're gonna to go away. And he's going to leave this family in the hands of the leaders, right? And in the hands of the staff and the elders and the leaders in this church, you, to watch over the flock, to take care of everything. And it's going to keep moving. That's the cool part. Like, because we've got, we've already got motion. Like, things are happening. That doesn't stop. So us taking a break, doesn't mean you take a break. It means it just picks up. It just keeps going. It gives you an opportunity to operate in your gifts. So the things that, that I can't do because I'm not standing here anymore, somebody's got to do it. Right? So we have several wonderful things, several speakers lined up. It's going to be phenomenal. Everybody's going to have a fresh word, something for the house. But I'm telling you, we're going to come. I'm expecting something. We went the first time and I was like, Lord, why are you removing us from our family for 30 days? Like, literally, I was like, this does not make any sense. Like, right in the middle of high speed, we're doing wonderful things, and now you're saying we have to go rest. We struggled with it. The first week, we kept coming to all the small groups. We're in the church, and finally, we're like, okay, we got to go. I realized this is my family. You are my friends. We like to be around you. 
we, we love to be around you. Like we, this is, so us getting away, we're like, wow. So now this year, I, I, I'm coming in with an expectation. I'm like, all right, Lord, I saw what you did last year. So now I'm coming in saying, come on, change my life. Change this. Fresh direction. New wine. Give us something. Where are you going to take us now? Where are you going to launch us? How's this going to look? So I don't know what we're going to get. I know I'm going to get some rest. I know I'm going to sleep in a little bit probably. I know my wife's going to take me out on the lake kayaking like every day. So that's probably not rest. (laughs) But guys, I'm looking forward to it because I'm looking forward to what God's going to do through it. It's that important. Sometimes he'll give you fresh revelation when you actually rest. Rest in him. And this isn't just us getting away on vacation. Trust me, we, we can get away anytime we want. We got a camper, we can go disappear. And, and this is us getting away to be together, to rejuvenate, restore, pray together, and just let God do what he wants to do. And we're excited about that. So while I'm gone, operate in your giftings. Do what you're called to do. Protect the family. Protect the house. Go out and change, change the city. I want to come back and, and hear all the cool stories. I will tell you, if there is an emergency, call me. <laughs> Classify emergency. If you got a question, ask Kevin if it's emergency. <laughs> if his name's in it, it's probably emergency. <laughs> And through this, what's awesome is that, that, you know, Kevin gets to step up and Kevin gets to walk in leadership and Kevin gets to once again, put on a different hat and grow. So give him a chance to grow, challenge him. As a leader, you got to be challenged, hold him accountable. I will. (laughs) I'm going to watch online every weekend. So I'm going to know what's going on. We don't have any other church to go to. <laughs> Everyone we try is nothing like this. I don't understand it. But anyway, things are going to change. I feel it. I feel launching. I feel movement. I feel, I feel like he's ready to do some powerful things. And he's going to do it through everybody sitting in this room. So and you just got to be willing to accept that role and walk in that role. So today, before we get out of here... Um, I want to remind you that we have Rally Day. Opportunity for you to go sign up, to be part of a small group, to get connected in a, in a, you know, as a big family to a small family. Get to know people on a different level. Guess what that does? It opens up the, the door of vulnerability so you can start getting close to people and talking to people so you can start feeling different in your heart. Feeling restored feeling like you can talk to people, right? That's just good stuff about family. So, so I want that to be in mind. If you want to, I'm just going to close out. So if anybody wants to play something, Chuck, you want to play something, Chuck? Just don't kick the wall down. I love Chuck. We're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. We love y'all. So, Father, right now, we just, we surrender this to you, Lord. I know you want to do something amazing, Father. So, 
Father, I ask right now that you open up doors that only you can open and close doors that need to be closed, Father. I ask you to touch each and every person in this house. Touch their heart. Prick them a little bit, Lord. Help them identify what it is they're supposed to do in this family, the gift they have. Help them, Father. And then, Father, make a way for them to use that in the family. Make, them, make a way for them to be part of this, to be part of the bigger picture. And, Father, those that struggle with the term love, those that struggle with what's that look like? Father, I just pray right now that you heal the broken heart. Father, I ask that you help them change their, the way they think about that term love. And they start looking at it through your perspective, your lens. So, Father, we surrender this to you. We just I know you can do amazing things, Lord, so I ask you to touch every heart in here. Father, we pray for protection over this house and over our families. Lord, we pray for this city, Father. We pray that, that as we continue to love them, Lord, that that love will just overflow. And lives will be changed. We pray, Lord, that, that other churches in this area will be filled up with people looking to know him. Looking to know you, Lord. So, Father, use us. Father, we just love you. And if you don't know who he is, you don't have a relationship with him, man, don't go another day without knowing who he is. Don't go another day without feeling his love. There's nothing special I can pray over you for that. That's an that's a internal decision to just have faith in who he is and let him come into your heart. But what I do have an obligation to do is to help you walk through that. So if you make that decision this morning, please let us know. Please talk to us because I want to come beside you and walk beside you. We have people that want to do life with you and disciple you that way. So, so that's all I ask. Have the courage and boldness to come talk to one of the leaders this morning. If you're going to make that decision, just accept them in your heart. And Father, we pray over our offering this morning. Lord, we just know that, that, that you continue to do amazing things through everybody in this family. So, Lord, we bless the gift that's going to that's be given this morning. We ask you to, to touch them, touch the families that give, Lord. Touch those who can't give. Father, continue to, to make us better stewards of what you uh, allow us to have. So, Father, just continue to work on our hearts. Father, we just love you. <laughs> we just love you. And I thank you for this. I thank you that we get to do this. I thank you for this family. We just pray, Lord, that, that you give us opportunity this week. Open up opportunity this week, Lord. Divine appointments with people that need to know you, that need to feel your love. Put them in front of us. So, Father, we surrender all this to you. We lift you up this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on, y'all. I love y'all.
If you need prayer, our prayer partners will be at the crosses on either side. So if you need prayer, they will be there. Um, so please don't leave out of here. If you brought something in with you, if you brought in a burden with you, don't take it back out. Leave it here. Let it sit right here. Okay. Other than that, come next door. Come check out the small groups. Get signed up. Don't do life alone. We love you guys, and we will see you in April. <laughs> love y'all. <laughs>